We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. Uh, it's two in a row. Two in a row for back Robbie to back. Hummel. Let's go. He is you back. Like I didn't, you didn't do any podcasts all summer except for one that I was not on. Only because I didn't want to keep asking you and be turned down. I would have felt no, like that, that jilted. That's, that's not you know, true. That is not true. You, you asked me the day before at like 6 p.m. Hey, can you be on at 10 a.m.? No, I got to play. I got to kick ass in golf tomorrow i have to. all right listen be- before we get on with 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 our our pod today which is kelvin sampson of the number one preseason number one in the country houston cougars according to the almanac, the almanac. i'm gonna plug the almanac because the almanac is uh and, and you have it so you could probably plug it more than i can uh we sent it to you it is going to be friends and family and co-workers discount. Yes. Yeah. I have not found a, I have not found a typo yet. I have not found a typo yet. So that's good. Uh, but honestly, I will say it's awesome. You know, I, I think blue ribbon was the standard for probably preseason basketball publications and blue ribbons. Great. But they only get really deep into, I would say the top 25 teams. Right. And then the, the power five have good breakdowns. And then, the mid-majors, I would say, kind of fall off, whereas the Almanac is every team is broken down the same at a high level. It's great. It, it is great. It's going to be incredibly useful this year. Yeah, we got everything. So if you want to buy the Almanac, uh, go to my Twitter. Uh, I'm shamelessly plugging it because uh, it's a bunch of young dudes that that are trying to make a few bucks and, and just kind of make their way in the business. And I'm telling you, they are diehards. Uh, yeah. They're diehards. They did a great job kind of split it up into conferences. We got everything, you know, hot seat, jump seat is a cool one. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I did. Yeah. The coaches that are ready to, yeah. to take like off. that. I did. Like- I, yeah, I did. I it's cool. good. 68 best games to watch by date was pretty good. Obviously all Americans top 25. And again, that's where we, uh, we got Houston ranked number one when most people have Carolina at number one. So we'll talk to Kelvin Sampson in a little bit about that. Uh, but first, some other AAC news, and that is the Memphis Tigers got hit. Uh, well, they didn't. Did, get did hit. they? They did not. <laughs> I don't get think hit. they got hit. This is what they got. This is what they got. A little, a little tap on the wrist. Not a even a slap. Yeah. They got nothing. They got nothing. The IRP. Uh, it was the second one that this uh, so-called independent process that is going to be defunct, by the way, because it's been a, a complete shit show. Um, NC State was the first one. NC State got nothing. Godfrey, I think, got a one-year show cause. Orlando early got a six-year show cause on this Memphis one, which ties in Penny Hardaway giving improper benefits to James Wiseman for him to move from Nashville to Memphis when he was a high school player so that Penny could coach him at Memphis East and AAU ball. Um, they found that Penny was, uh, I guess, not guilty, right? Not guilty. Well, it, it sounds like it wasn't not guilty. It was more the committee found that he had been giving charitable acts to all sorts of players, correct? Yeah. And because he had been, you know, giving it to Joe Davis and yeah. Jeff Smith and, and everybody – in that community, which he has been extremely charitable with his time and money in the city of Memphis, 
But because of that, they were able to say that it wasn't done for recruiting. But my argument to that would be, well, if you have a lot of money, you can just be charitable. And then be like, Ooh, number one player. Yeah. We're going to be more charitable with him. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, I could see either way T- to me. The craziest thing is I was at Memphis the night that that went down. I remember. I, I remember. I forgot yes. because that was like three years ago. That was pre-COVID. Yeah, so they were I'd, playing like Alcorn State or somebody like that, wasn't it? U- UIC. UIC. I remember because I was at – I was with my daughter. I don't know what we were doing. I think we were going to like a BU game or something, and we were in a hotel, and we, I did a quick video. Um, and I remember talking to you that night. When it, yeah. when it all kind of came it, down. That was but. a wild deal. And I'd well, forgotten the thing, I forgot. Why played three games? He played three I, games. I know, I know. And now, I mean, he's like, what? This is his second year in the NBA. He's an NBA third. champion. Third started. year in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, the, the speed of this is comical. Yeah. You, yeah. you cannot wait all the, like the fact that Kansas still nothing. Right. I mean, this, this is a joke. It, it Kansas, is totally Arizona, Kansas, Arizona, Louisville, all waiting. Uh, and LSU would be the last one. And right. and I, I would expect – but I listen, I was going to say I would expect them all – Louisville maybe was standing because I, I, they already took a postseason ban. So I think Arizona took a postseason ban too, so we'll see. But, but they did that with crappy teams, much like right. – uh, well, well, Auburn for sure did. Arizona, yeah. young team, yeah. Coach Miller's yeah. last year. They – they weren't going to be bad, but they were they were not a lock to make the NCAA tournament that That's year. Right. Those young those young guys out there, I, there has to be a better process than this. I, I cannot. Well, here, here's what's going to happen. I think here's where it's headed, Rob. From from every source that I've talked to, where it's headed is the postseason ban is going to be a thing of the past, and instead of the postseason ban where you're penalizing kids, they're now going to hit coaches with suspensions. And not just regular season suspensions, you could well see a Bill Self get a seven game regular season suspension and also not be eligible to coach in the NCAA tournament. It would not shock me. Now, again, things can change. Can but, he appeal but I, that? Uh, not if you're in the IARP process, which again will be good. The, the, the greatest thing of this, I remember talking to the woman who was in charge of it when it first started up. And I remember asking her and I said like, all right, you got this new independent. That was a big thing, right? The word independent. Right. It's not so, a biased NCAA right. person coming down right. to somebody. I said, well, who's, whose rules do they follow? Well, the NCAAs. I said, who are they being trained by? Well, still the NCAA. I said, well, how, how the hell is it independent then? It's the same shit. You're just, you're just putting the word independent there to make it look like it's independent, but it's the same old bullshit. And again, it took forever. And, you know, that's where Greg Sankey and this, this commission or committee or whatever it is uh, are trying to speed up the process and make changes. That's got to change. Yeah. But the thing is, that's a killer in this. Did o- Well, let me ask. Did Oklahoma State go IARP? No, they did not. So they went NCAA and get banned from the postseason. I mean, that is terrible. And appealed and that lost. So and appealed terrible. and lost. That is terrible. Stupid. Mike Boyne has every right to oh. be so furious, as he should be. And I'm He's sure the he only is. one. Everybody else. Now, again, you could say Auburn, but Auburn took it like you talked about two years ago when they weren't going to get in the NCAA tournament. It was a COVID year. Sharif Cooper was just, they weren't going anywhere. Right. Um, you know, all the other schools Got a slap on the wrist, you know. You get a five thousand dollar fine, whether it's USC, South Carolina, oh no, Alabama, right? Probation, big, big F and deal. I mean, right? Come on. So now you you have all these coaches that are texting me the other day, and they're like, "Well, like nobody's really gotten hit. Why am I going to be scared of anything of the NCAA now? Like I'm just going to cheat my ass off." And and again, <laughs> cheating your ass off is different now because you got NIL. Right. So you can legally cheat your ass off for the most part. But but, you know, again. You know, we'll talk to Kelvin Sampson about this later, but you're not supposed to provide inducements for recruits. NIL wise. Well, that that shit's going on everywhere. Right. Now. Well, it is. Yes, it is. Why would anyone if they get dinged right now until the IARP is gone? Why yeah. would you not go that route? Seeing everybody. Else gone, no, you can't now. I don't think you can. You can't, even, think- you can't even select it. You already have to have done it. You you have to be three years in the process. This is a quick a quick process for the right. IARP. Exactly. 
hit it out. One and well, not one and done, but might as well be because uh, it 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 sucked. This feels so, weird though. I want to crush the NCAA, but yeah. it's not even. I mean, I guess it is sort of their thing. They it train is. these these guys, it but is. it's still it's like what is what is yeah. this shit? <laughs> but Penny Hardaway and Memphis were celebrating earlier this week because you know from everything I was told, Penny thought he was going to get hit. Really, we all did. We all did. Everybody thought he was going to get some sort of suspension for this. And and he got nothing. And again, I'm done with all this. I'm so over all this. Even Dickie V yeah. is like tweeting out like, what are we doing? This has been it, it's over five years. This, if you get caught cheating and they're like, oh, coach Jeff Goodman suspended five games. You're like, all right, I've got an All-American here balling like I'll take that. This is how long ago it was, Rob. This is how long ago. I don't know. I think I've told you this, but maybe I haven't. When it all broke, I was in Newport, Rhode Island with ESPN, and it all broke in the morning. And I was in Newport to cover Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward's uh, first training camp with the Boston Celtics. Wow. That day. And I still did. I went there, and it was so funny. They called me to ESPN right away. They're like, hey, can you do a hit on SportsCenter? And I'm like, uh, no, hell no. I have to read up on this. Like, I'm not going out there. That's why they had me out there on SportsCenter after the game, because you couldn't do it. I, 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 was, I was the I uh, declined. I was like, I need to find out more info. I'm not going out there without having information about what this whole thing is about. Now, I went out. I talked about the Celtics, and uh, Kyrie was not happy with me that day or that whole month because I kept asking him about why he left Cleveland, and uh, Kyrie didn't want to talk about that. I'm sure he didn't. Yes, he did not. He did not. So, anyway, all right. Uh, again, buy the almanac. Um, check my Twitter, Goodman Hoops, for that. Uh, we also got a merch store, um, new merch store that we'll, we'll we'll talk about as as we get in. We we I wanted to get a, a, a good shirt of you, Hummel, but Doster threw me under the bus. I know. You know what? You got to know who your friends are in this business. Jeff. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! <laughs> it was the thing. The thing is funny. Shirt. I get a text from from Doster, and he's like, "Hey." Goodman's trying to pull a fast one on you to put some picture of you on a shirt in the merch store, but we're actually going to secretly put it of him and tell him it's of you. He but tried. You, you must have checked. You, I did. you clicked on it and checked. That's fine. He sent me like one of those like uh, generic links. Didn't uh, have it. And he's like, hey, here's the humble shirt. Tweet it out. And I'm like, I clicked on that baby. And I was like, I'm not. No way. This I don't trust Oster. If so. only you hadn't. If only you had. I know, I know. They would have gotten me. Uh, anyway, all right, listen, uh, let's get to it. Uh, let's get to Kelvin Sampson, uh, who I've known a long time, but I think you've known longer than I have even uh, when when he recruited you. So we'll get to uh, the coach. You're in Oklahoma, shut up. The coach of the number one team in the country, Kelvin Sampson. Breaking news. The Field of 68 has an online store, and it's your one-stop shop for the latest and greatest merch in college basketball and college football. You can find shirts to support your favorite team, make fun of your rival team, or boast Field of 68 catchphrases like Daddy Brad, Cussing and Discussing, and the Star Heels. Go to www.fieldof68.shop today and enter promo code TOUCHDOWN for 20% off at checkout. All right, now please to welcome in... Uh, Kelvin Sampson of the Houston Cougars. And all right, Kelvin, I got to start with this. I know you recruited this knucklehead back when he was coming out of high school. Uh, give me the real the real story. I saw him play a ton, and, and I still say his vertical was probably about 16 inches back then. Oh, man. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's irrelevant. It's just like... Judging a loaf of bread by the uh, in the two end pieces. That has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with Robbie Hummel. Uh, the way I would describe R- Robbie, and there, and there, um, I think the uh, um, Gene wasn't your Gene. No, no, no I was for Coach Payne. Uh, yeah. Coach Payne. So probably the uh, coach that um, I was most like of the uh, old school guys was probably uh, Coach Katie. Um, uh, John Chaney, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, guys like that. Um, Gene, Gene and I actually were good friends every year on the Nike trip. I don't, I say every year, probably three or four years it would be, we play golf, it would be me and Coach Katie versus uh, Roy Williams and Dean Smith. Nice. And, uh, 
So Case Katie was a huge cigar smoker. And uh, <laughs> so he would take four Cohibas, uh, all uncut, because he, he'd snap those things. I, was, I, I kept thinking he's going to snap his finger off with his cigar cutter. He smoked two on the front nine, uh, two on the back nine. And um, Coach Smith was a stickler for shots. Uh, Coach Katie and I were both probably about 11 or 12 handicap. Roy is about a four or five. Uh, Coach Smith in his day was probably about a four or five. But at that time, he was probably more like me and Gene, maybe 13 or 14. But he always massaged and uh, manipulated the stroke. So let's say he got a stroke on 15 or 16. So we get to 15 or 16. He'd say, uh, Calvin, Gene, uh, Gene, come over here. And he'd get to the scorecard and say, we have a stroke on 16. We're not going to take it on 16. We're going to take it on 18. <laughs> you want to see Coach Katie blow his top. Now, I was too reverent of Coach Smith to say anything. I was like, okay, yes, sir. He would say, hell no, you're not doing that. That's cheating. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I was a lot like Coach Katie. <laughs> but but um, uh, Rob, Robbie, Robbie picked the uh, perfect coach, perfect school. And I think if more kids chose the right coaching staff versus the name of a school, we'd have less transfers. I would agree. I would agree with that. Uh, all right. So I don't know if you saw it, Kelvin, but we got a new publication called The Almanac. It, it is going to be the best preseason publication out there. If you don't have it, we'll get it to you, but I think you do have it. Um, and no, it's I, a I don't. I, send it to me. I don't have it. All right, we'll send it to you. Send it to me. So it, it's ridiculous. It's like 820 pages, um, and we voted, a bunch of us, and the Houston Cougars are the preseason number one team in the country. Uh, most people have North Carolina. I know right now I can tell what you're thinking. Why the hell did you do this to me? Why would you put me at number one? Um, but you guys are damn good this year. Damn good. How do you feel when I say that preseason number? You've never had that at any stop in your career, preseason number one. That's that's reserved for Duke, Carolina, yeah. you know, uh, Arizona back in the day. Like, you've never had that. No, it's almost sacrilegious to vote uh, our team, uh, number one. But let, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Jeff and Robbie. How many teams have been voted number one the year after they lost four starters? I can't imagine. I would not think many. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's where um, I'm getting a little confused. <laughs> you know, I, know, I know what we have coming back, uh, and I know what we have uh, uh, coming in. But, you know, September – in October is is so convoluted. You know, you're you're trying to uh, help your freshmen define their games because nobody ever has, right. which means they try to do way too much stuff they can't do. So you're trying to take a, a, a this huge piece of steak with all this fat on it and bone and, and carve it up and shape it and and get to just the meat. You know, like um, uh, Jerris has this tool bag. And his tool bag, he's got about eight moves. Uh, I wouldn't say any of them are great. Um, uh, I wouldn't say any of them are bad. But at any point in time, he'll go pull one of the eight. So I'm trying to get that tool bag down to two. Now, what are you good at? Not what you think you're good at. Where do we drive the line between perception and reality? You know, and that's and I think that's uh, and, and Robbie will understand this. You know, he couldn't do it in high school what he did at Purdue. You know, he wasn't playing against the same people. That stuff you got away with in high school, it doesn't fly in college. You know, he's going every day. He's going against uh, J. One Roberts and um, Reggie Cheney. You know, those guys are in their fourth and fifth year of college. Some days he doesn't score because. You know, he doesn't have a defined game yet. Um, now, when the ball hits the rim, he can get higher than anybody. He can go tip it. He can grab it. He's good at those things. But uh, offensively, I think a, a coach's uh, uh, responsibility for freshmen is help them define their game so they're not all over the place. And that's that's what we're doing for, for Jairus, uh, Terrence Arsenault, uh, and Emmanuel Sharp. All three are very talented kids by themselves. But how do we integrate – 
what you think you can do, which you can't, versus what we need you to do to help us win. And there, and, and there is the, um, there's the crux. So when I hear about uh, rankings or discussions or stuff, um, and, I, and I hope all young coaches uh, will get to this point. I know Coach Katie was there, Coach Thompson, uh, Nolan Richardson, John Chaney, uh, Coach Knight, all, all the great coaches. They got to the point in their careers where nobody, they didn't really care what anybody said. They didn't think what anybody thought. And uh, now that I'm there, it's such a liberating feeling. <laughs> you know, it, it is where you just go to work every day. And if, if your name is mentioned, who, who cares? If it's not mentioned, who cares? I mean, you, you realize none of that stuff really matters. When did that change, Kelvin? At what, at what point in your career did that flip and you just say, you know, and maybe it was after the Indiana stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I think it when I realized I was old. <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> I'm too old to worry about stuff that that, that doesn't matter. Uh, when I was younger, um, and this is just full disclosure, I thought it was important to have, have national compliments. Sure. You know, um, I, I don't know why I thought that. Maybe um, because I had a... Um, discombobulated ego who, who knows but I think we all uh want to be recognized uh, or at least our team we want our team to be recognized and when they're not you you know you talk about other teams other coaches but, but as you get older um well, you realize that stuff's not important you know just just do your job and, I, and as I get older one of my responsibilities is I, I try to help as many younger coaches as I can now some of those guys have teams that's better than my team maybe right but I still try I still try, still try to get them to um, focus on things that they can control and they've heard that a million times they say it but they don't do it right now in this world of social media it's a 999 theory nine people are gonna like it nine people's not gonna like it and nine people don't care. You got to figure out which group of nine you're worried about. I, I would I would tell you to put a fourth nine and say um, your family, your team, and your faith. That's the only thing you need to worry about. Worry about that. That, that. The other stuff really doesn't matter. Coach, when you took over at Houston, this was a program that had not made the NCAA tournament in 20 of 21 seasons and had a facility that, you know, was – not considered in the, the the top tier or even the top half tier of college basketball. Now all that's changed. And you guys have a brand new renovated Fertitta Center, and now it's five straight trips to the NCAA tournament if, if COVID hadn't happened. You know, when you look back on this, is it just, you know, wh what do you think about it? Well, one of the questions, probably the most common question I get um, uh, asked, Robbie, and I don't really know how to answer it, um, but did I think that this would happen? I think I thought it could happen. Uh, I thought we could win. Uh, and, and really the thing that motivated me was the other teams in the league. The Bell Cow, I thought the most consistent program in our conference, the team that I, I wanted our program to emulate was Cincinnati. I wanted to be like Cincinnati, but because uh, I thought Cincinnati was what Oklahoma was when we were there. Because I think we had uh, 12 straight years where we were ranked in the top 25, and that's that's pretty consistent. And I thought we could be I thought we could be consistent if we could get over the hump. Um, you know what Mick Cronin did at Cincinnati uh, was just unbelievable. What Bob Huggins did, and I said we we can be like Cincinnati. But SMU was right there with them. Kevin Ollie was at UConn. They were my first my first year. They were coming off a national championship. So I said, it's a great league for us. Um, my biggest struggles, my biggest fight, um, my best recruits was our administration. Because I don't think they thought we could win. And, and the reason I say that is the level the program was supported. You, know, you can say what you want, but I, I saw the facilities. I saw the locker room. I saw the, um, uh, the travel itineraries. I saw the food budget. I saw how these kids were treated versus the way Cincinnati was. Yeah. All these ADs want to win until they find out what their commitment has to be. Yeah. You know, they, they want you to win, and when you don't, they're going to fire you. 
And that's one of the questions I, I asked the administration. I said, the last 16 years, you've had four coaches. Now, I'm not a math major, but as every four years, you fire a coach. So what's going to change? Something has to change. Or four years from now, you're going to fire me. Uh, well, you're, you're this kind of, no, no, it's not about the coach. It's about the administration. Uh, coaches win games. Coaches and players win games, mostly players, but coaches recruit those players. Coaches and players can get to the point they can win games, but you can't win a championship without an administration that has a commitment. So I put it on their lap. You know, I talked to them about chartering flights. You know, uh, I remember my first year we flew to uh, East Carolina. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we flew to Raleigh, North Carolina, and bus to Greenville. Uh, coming, coming back, I think it was a midweek game. We had a uh, 4.30 wake up the next morning. After the game in Greenville, we flew back to, I'm sorry, we drove back to Raleigh. And so we had a 4.30 wake up. I think we had a 6.50 flight, might've been a 6.15 flight um, out of RDU. We get there and there was fog. So the flight was delayed. It was pushed back from 6, well, 6.30, let's say, to 7.30, then to 8.30. We didn't leave until almost five that afternoon. So our kids got up at 4.30, uh, wake up call, bus to the airport, waited in the airport. Um, we literally uh, got money because, you know, we don't bring cash. Those kids had no money. So we had to give them money and to help them get some food. Uh, and then we got back at um, what, about seven o'clock, 7.30. That was on a Wednesday, uh, let's say, Thursday, we got back, and then we had a game Saturday. So now think about Cincinnati, the team that I wanted to emulate. They chartered everywhere. Uh, now, that that motivated me to go back and knock on some doors. Uh, after practice at Cincinnati, they have a hot meal waiting on their kids at SMU, at UConn, at all those top schools. So don't say you want to be something and fund it this way, but have the expectations this way. So if you don't, if, if we're going to stay where we are with our support and, and uh, what we have, then don't have high expectations. Quit firing coaches. Give them a lifetime contract. Say winning doesn't matter. Um, and so when we got through through that, uh, the guy that really helped get this going was uh, Mac Rhodes, who's now the AD at uh, Baylor. Then the guy, then the guy that took took off from him that did a phenomenal job is now the AD at Arkansas. Uh, Hunter Yurchek. Those, those two guys were the guys that that uh, I felt like I bonded with. I, I felt like they were they they were listening. A lot of guys hear you, but they were listening. And then they got Dr. Uh, our president Renaud Couture uh, on board, and she loves athletics. I just don't think there was a path. There was a vision uh, for it. You know, sometimes administrators, if you don't ask them, they're not going to give it to you. You know, and that's one of human beings' greatest greatest weaknesses is to ask for something you really want or really need because passive aggressive we're afraid of confrontation we're afraid of no and that's another advantage i guess of getting old is uh what's the worst thing you're gonna do tell you no right. so uh we uh i when i took the job i had already talked with mac road we had and i didn't want a um a handshake agreement uh we tied building the um facility the construction facility, facility to my buyout clause. So I agreed to a high, high buyout clause. Um, but every time that there's, but we put in milestones on, on, for instance, a construction fence. I can't tell you how excited I got when I saw that construction fence. And then when they brought in those front loaders and those bulldozers, those land movers, um, I wanted to run around with the birthday hat on. I said, this is happy birthday. Look what we got going. And then, um, um, you could just see it. I mean, I don't, I don't drive in that way. I drove, I drove in, uh, down Holman and turn left on Cullen every day, I think for 16 months, cause I couldn't wait the next day to see the, the upgrade, the improvements, how much construction, uh, that they were doing on that facility. So construction, I, I took the job, um, April 3rd, 2014, April, May, June. That construction fence was up in June. Wow. They were digging dirt in July wow. and August. Dang. And so from April 14th 
to uh, January of 2016, we moved into that facility. Now we got something cooking, right? Now we got a little something going. Before when we brought a recruit on campus, not just me, uh, Tom Penders, Ray McCallum, all, all those guys. They had to, you know, you're not going to take them to Hot Vines. I'm sorry. You're not, not going to take them over there. So you took them to your office and you had these little drawings they had for 10 years and said, here's what it's going to look like. Um, but it, it never got to that point. And then uh, I think the critical, the critical uh, uh, juncture in this whole deal was uh, a meeting I had with Tillman Fertitta. And, um, um, you know, Tillman's a high achiever. Uh, he also has a rough edge to him. So when you're dealing with somebody like that, you can't go in passive. You know, you can't go in there and float like a butterfly. You know, you got to sting like a bee with a dude like him now. So I looked at him and told him, I think we can win a national championship here. I said, it's going to be hard in football because of the way the rules are set up. You know, we're a non-power five football team. Non-power football teams have a hard time. Cincinnati did it last year, which tells you what an unbelievable job Coach Fickle and his staff did to be in, a, be in the playoffs at Cincinnati. He was representing the dreams of everybody. Um, but in basketball, we're all the same. Uh, but we're not all the same. So, but at least we have the same path. It's like a, a George Mason, the BCU. Yep, uh, yep. It's like that can get to a Final Four. And I, and, and I talked to him about that. But I said, we've got to do something with hot fines. And I played, this, this was the um, uh, kind of a, my mantra with him was that he was the chairman of the uh, Board of Regents. And usually when you're the chairman of the board, I didn't know he was the chairman of the Board of Regents for 10 years. I thought they did. I thought you were Board of Regents. The next guy came and you went off and the next guy came on, right? But I said, wouldn't it be awesome that during your uh, tenure, here that the legacy you left as the chairman of the Board of Regents, Board of Regents, that we would have a brand new arena to move us into this, this next phase of uh, how we want to build our basketball program. Um, now, when you talk to Tillman, he's got two iPads, a laptop, a phone, he's got a million things going. So you got to figure out whether he's hearing you or listening to you. And that's why I threw the, the national championship thing out. At least I wanted him to, to say, what? What did you say? <laughs> so, um, but long story short, he wrote us a check for $20 million. Wow. And that wow. jump-started every the, uh, fundraising for the uh, Fertitta Center. And that thing is, uh, you guys have seen it. It's it's one of the... Beautiful. Yeah, and awesome. it is. And it's the right size for us. Some people say, well... Uh, it only seats 7,100. That's right. It only seats 7,100. And we fill it up just about every night, whether it's conference or non-conference. And if it's a non-conference game that doesn't draw well, 5,000 to 7,000 seat arena is like 20,000 to 22,000 seat arena. We only have 2,000 empty seats. Yep. So, and that, that uh, environment in there drives uh, our home court advantage. Coach, how special has it been to, to maybe get to know better Hakeem Olajuwon? I know he was really helpful for Josh Carlton last year, and he's been around your yeah. program. Just maybe talk a little bit about that and how cool it's been to see him interact with your guys. You know, every year since I've been here, uh, I always have Elvin Hayes talk to the team every year. Because I, I, want, I want our kids to understand uh, history. You know, uh, there was people that came before us. You know, in, in my opinion, the uh, uh, the coach for the University of Houston that will always be known for basketball in basketball is Coach Guy B. Lewis. You know, to me, he to me he represents um, the glory days of Houston basketball. Um, um, should be a Hall of Famer. Well, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Um, and um, to have him as as the name on the uh, on our building is is an honor. But the guy that got this thing going was Elvin Hayes. You know, the game, the game of the century, the first game of the century was UCLA and Houston in uh, 1968. I still remember being a little boy watching that game with my father. We might have had to move the uh, rabbit ears around or, or at least uh, uh, fold the antenna on top of the uh, rabbit ears a little tighter to get good coverage. <laughs> but I, I remember that game. And I was so blown away when I got to meet Elvin. And now that I've been here eight years, he does our, our uh, color for our radio broadcast. Uh, 
But I, I just, you know, it's just such an honor to have a guy like Elvin um, talk to our kids. They don't, they don't know who he is. So then I tell them to go, I tell them to go Google him, you know, and then now they know who, uh, they know who Dream is. But Dream is so humble uh, and such a nice man. He's a nice person to everybody. He's so polite, thoughtful. He, he has no ego about anything. Uh, he, he'll do anything for you. Uh, I've never heard him say a bad word about anybody. And I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him. But his, um, he's, he's got such a calming disposition that he breaks down your, your barriers of intimidation. You know, a lot of kids are intimidated when they see someone, that, a giant in the game. Um, but he makes you feel at ease. And uh, that's, that's why when he, when he wants to swing by practice, uh, Coach Wood, you know, with his accent, he's always, Coach, Coach, what time practice today? Um, so when he comes by, he always comes by with a friend. Uh, it comes and sits on the baseline. Um, it's always an honor uh, for us when a team comes. So uh, you just got through having a, a heck of a recruiting class coming in. You mentioned them, uh, Jarris Walker, Terrence Arsenault. Jarris is a top 10-ish player. I don't, you know, I don't know the last top 10 player that they got at Houston, but it's been a while. Arsenault, I saw, I saw both a summer ago, loved Arsenault at the Peach Jam. You know, you've you've recruited high-level players before. You've coached them, right? I mean, Eric Gordon, you've had plenty of them, Blake. But you haven't had them at Houston. And your culture at Houston, I think we all know, has been based on toughness, grit, getting these kids that, that weren't heavily recruited to play so damn hard and together. Right. Do you worry at all? Do you worry at all bringing in those guys now? Because let's face it. It's not the same. I don't want to say the culture is different now than it was when Eric Gordon came in. I know Eric Gordon. I mean, that kid was all about the right things. Blake, I thought was all about not to say, you know, these kids aren't, but it's different now with social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I remember my first conversations with Jairus is actually when we were quarantined in Indianapolis during the final four, you know, uh, for some reason, I, I I still remember the room number and the floor we were almost we were in that room for almost um, I don't know how many days. It was a long time, um, but during the day, you know, we would uh, uh, just recruit. Uh, I'll give an example. Uh, by the time we lost to Baylor in that semifinal game, before we got on the plane to go home. We already had Josh Carlton and Kyler Evers committed for the following year. Um, so that we already had two huge building blocks. And then after we got back home, probably within a month, we had uh, uh, Tajay Moore. Uh, so, um, but one of the, uh, one of my assistants, Qantas White, who did an unbelievable job uh, with Jairus, he talked to me about Jairus, pulled up some video. We watched him on a laptop. And um, when I when I looked at him, um, I thought I was looking at Antonio McDyess. Remember him? Yeah, yes. That's kind of where he reminds size wise. You know, six nine and mobile. That doesn't shoot like Antonio, but that size and mobile and athletic like that. Um, so we started talking, and uh, he said, "Coach, I, I I like your program. Really want to come for a visit." Um, okay, <laughs> I just want to come to Houston for a visit. <laughs> you know, I'd like to go visit. University of Hawaii. Don't want to sign ways. I'd like to visit. <laughs> um, so is it? We got further, and I got to know his family. They're, they're the ones that blew me away. His his mom and dad. Um, they're they're just uh, they're they're proud of who they are. Um, they're sons and daughters of immigrants. They're high achievers. They're extremely extremely smart, articulate, uh, very. Pre- protective of uh, Jairus. Uh, every one of her kids, her daughters, are all, all successful people. Uh, volleyball players at um, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, uh, graduate St. Joe University, graduate, and, and they're, all, they're all doing well in life. And Jairus is the baby. And so, you know, you read the tea leaves when you recruit a kid. It's the oldest, the baby, the middle child, you know, you 
kind of over the years, you kind of know what you're you're dealing with. But, but Jairus was very, uh, he was very protective, uh, protected by his family, but in a good way, in a good way. Um, so as I started talking to his father, his father said, I like the way you coach. Um, uh, and the other schools were doing a phenomenal job. You know, we, we all know what a great recruiter Bruce is and uh, Nate, uh, those guys. Um, so we just kept building a relationship. At the end of the day, that's it. You have to have a relationship of trust. But as, as it went on, I, I, I made sure they knew what they were getting into. But they watched every game. They knew. They knew who you were. They knew, they knew who, but here's what I loved, uh, Jeff. That's what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted, they, uh, Horace, the dad, Horace wanted Jairus to go play for a program that could get the best out of their, their son. Where, where can I send him? And he had, and he had great choices. All, all of those coaches could do that. Uh, but I think the, uh, the, the factor was uh, a big factor in that was uh, the job Qantas did early. Qantas, you know, a great assistant coach is circle the bases. Yeah. They close the circle, you know, girlfriend, uh, favorite aunt, totally. uh, sisters, you know, right, two dogs, yeah. Oreo and Siri, whatever their names are. They, 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 know, they know it all. So they felt a comfort zone. And I fact, think the fact that all my sisters are former players, Hollis Price, Qantas White, and Kellen, those are our three main recruiters right now. They're, they play here. They they know they know what to say, but more importantly, uh, they know how to massage things. They know how to answer the question uh, because they played for uh, they played for me. Um, but um, uh, Jarrett's never wavered. Now he took he took all his visits. Uh, I can't remember all the schools he visited, but he did. But he did take all his uh, visits. But I always felt like we were going to be one of two uh, at the end. Um, wouldn't have surprised me had he not come here, but it didn't surprise me that he did. Um, went to uh, IMG in Bradenton uh, uh, a lot just to sit down with him. But I did the same thing, Beaumont, Beaumont United with uh, Terrence, his mother and father. We, we do good recruiting kids where it's the mother and the father. We're only dealing with the mom and the dad. We, we do really good. Terrence was the mom and the dad. Uh, Jairus was the mom and the dad. Now, Jairus's uh, uh, AAU coach named Mookie was phenomenal. He, he's high level. Uh, I mean, we, he, he knew exactly where Jairus needed to go. Uh, you, could, you, couldn't get, you couldn't get Hummel through the mom and the dad. What happened there? Um, didn't have enough time to close the circle, That's man. true. He, he only got to recruit me for like literally a month or yeah. two months. It wasn't yeah, a long we, time. We were high. Uh, I remember going to uh, um, uh, East Chicago and re- what was the guard's name? Moore? Etwan Moore, yes. Yeah, I thought he was unbelievable. That that class, uh, those two guys, at the end of the day, there's those two guys, Moore and Hummel. That, those were two that I wanted, but um, <laughs> that's the way it goes. <laughs> I, I got to say, though, Coach, I got to thank you. You did get me out of Algebra 2 class. You came to Bobble <laughs> High School and I got to leave. <laughs> So that was great. That was great. It was a good visit with you that day. Coach, you, you, you lost Marcus last year to injury. You get him back this year. How is his health, and what do you expect from him this, this season? Well, more importantly, Robbie, what did you shoot today? Uh, 78. Yeah, that's right, Jeff. All he does – hey, hey, Kelvin, <laughs> he doesn't work. All he does is complain about how hard he works for five months of the year, and the other seven months – I'm telling you, he's played. How many rounds did you play this offseason, Rob? That's why I shooting 78. I don't know how many rounds, but I don't it's want to worked. say how many yes, rounds. Yes, it's either. worked for him. Yeah. You got to put the work where, there. Where do you, where do you live, uh, Rob? In, in Chicago. In Chicago. Where, so where, golf where, season's where, winding down. We're, we're, yeah, we're about where, out of where, weather here. What course you play today? Uh, Evanston Golf Club. Uh, you play middle tees or back tees? Uh, it was, it's like 6,600 yards, but it That's would be strong. the middle tees. But. That's strong. Tree line open. Yes, you can spray it, but if you do, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a hard time getting to the green. I'm saying you're about 285 off the tee. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay, okay, Marcus, Marcus. Um, I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out how many strokes I'm gonna get. Uh, Marcus, but when I come Marcus, down, we're playing. There you go. 
Marcus is um, uh, he, he's the right kind of best player because he's he's uh, a hard worker. Um, you know, I, I you know I like uh, thinking outside the box with edits. You know, I just don't like showing stuff like. Uh, one of the one of the edits that I show our players is the importance of hitting singles. Like we have a we have a clip of Tom Brady playing against um, can't remember who the team is, um, but he threw for 366 yards and didn't complete a pass past 10 yards. Wow. He throw he throw uh, swing passes and they run for 30. He throw a button hook a hook and they come back. He break a tackle and run for 40. A five yard out catch it. 12 yards, 10 yard in, catch it, but he dink and dink and dink, but they're all singles. Then you throw, show him a film of Patrick Mahomes where he's throwing 50 yards on a clothesline and the guy makes a phenomenal catch, 50 yards. Then we go back to Tom Brady's 10 yard pass where they run for 40, that's 50 yards. They're both 50 yards. You're, you're not Patrick Mahomes. There's, not, there's only one or two of them in the world. But there's a lot of guys that can throw it five yards and 10 yards. And, and so getting kids to, and that's one of the things that we sell them on, uh, cut down on mistakes and turnovers, just make the simple play. Marcus is the master of that. Mar Mar Marcus is like the catcher and a no hitter. You know, you, you can go the whole game and just, just remember, that guy's a really good shooter. But he was our best defender. He led us in steals. He made all of the, the extra passes. He, he does all that stuff. We played Alcorn State last year. Um, uh, don't remember the score, but Marcus um, had six steals in that game. He, he led us in floor burns. You know, all, all, the, all, the, uh, all the stars want to play when the lights come on. The, the guys that are winners that you can count on day in, day out, over the course of six months are guys like Marcus. You know, he's um, he's uh, I wanted him. I wanted him back, not for his points. You know, we'll, we'll figure out who can score a point. You know, it's like Bob Stoops said, you know, when Bob was coaching football at Oklahoma, a, a receiver would transfer and everybody would just start, you know, panicking. And Rob, Bob said, well, don't forget, he, he only caught seven passes last year. We'll, we'll find somebody and catch, catch seven passes. <laughs> um, so but Mark Marcus is the right kind of best uh, player. He, he wants to win. Uh, when uh, he called me, um, I talked to him a couple of days before his uh, announcement that he's coming back uh, came out and we talked about, you know, uh, staying true to who you are. I didn't have to say that to him. That kid is, when he got here, I think he was a top 300 players. He wasn't even ranked in the top 200. Right. Um, I think there's two schools in the state of Texas that offered him a scholarship, us and UTEP. That's it. Um, so what did you guys see in him? I liked him. I, I'm, I don't care who else is recruiting somebody. You want to offer him a scholarship? I like you. I like you. I don't like you because somebody else likes you. I like you because I liked you. He can shoot. Yeah. Um, and he was tough. Not a great ball handler. A little overweight. But you know what? That's why you have strength coaches. That's why you have assistant coaches. We can get him better. It's hard to teach somebody to be a really good shooter. You make them better, but you can't make them outstanding. Marcus is an outstanding shooter. Every time he shoots the ball, um, I think it's going in. Armani Brooks, uh, Quentin Grimes. Um, I've had a lot of really good shooters over the years. I always thought their balls were going in. And I've had some kids where I, I don't think their balls ever going to go in. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you you turn uh, sixty seven next week, Wednesday. Yeah, right. Yeah, sixty seven. All right. So Jay Wright retired at I don't know sixty. You know, Roy was gone. Like everything's changing in, in college basketball, and we're all talking about you know so much change so quickly, and how it's going to force a lot of you older guys out earlier than expected. Then you would you would you would want to go out. Do you do you feel that way at all, Kelvin, or do you just feel like, hey, I got to adapt and I still love it? And obviously, you got it rolling there. Um, this is a true story, uh, Jeff and Robbie. The entire time I recruited Jarris and Terrence and Emmanuel, NIL never came up. 
on any of those three guys. I never talked about it. And they never asked me. I, I kept waiting for them to ask me. You, you would think Jairus' people would know, okay, if he goes there, what, what's he going to get? Because this might be what he's going to get over here. What you, but they, they never mentioned it. Um, Terrence's uh, mother and father, uh, he comes from a uh, uh, – Jairus' mother and father are, have full-time jobs. They work all day, every day. Uh, Terrence's uh, mother and father uh, work all day, every day. One of them works with a truck driving company. The other one uh, works at a UPS uh, store. Uh, just workers. Um, we had an advantage on Terrence because of um, Kellen did an unbelievable job closing the circle on Terrence. But Terrence had been over to our games. He, he knew what to expect. Uh, Emmanuel's father was his high school coach. High school coaches like us. So, but nobody ever mentioned NIL. Now, once they got here, you now we have. Uh, you know, uh, some people that are responsible for that. And, you know, our kids understand what the rules are when they sign an NIL deal or have an NIL deal. They have a form they have to fill out and it goes in. And sometimes I'll ask, you know, Marcus does good. Uh, Jairus does really good. But that's after they get here. I have zero inches. We're, we're not making any NIL deals to come here now. You're looking for an NIL deal, then this is not the place for you. Um, but after you get here, we, we play the game. I want our I want our kids to have every advantage everybody else has. I'm two feet in with NIL. I'm just not two feet in with offering money or offering a deal to get a kid to come here. And, and I have not done that, and I don't plan on doing it. So NIL deal, uh, we may miss on some kids uh, because of that. But that's okay. I've been missing on kids for 34 years. <laughs> Most hey, of the Kellen – being the coach in waiting, I want to know, is he trying to push you out? I mean, he wants his <laughs> job at some point. Like, you can't go on to, like, Bayheim at 77. No. God, no. Please, somebody, <laughs> somebody just stick a 22 in the back of my ear and just say, out of your misery. God, I can't imagine that. You'll be on the beach. Hey, you'll be on the beach. And You so. know, um, uh, one of the things that helps me is I have two grandkids, and um, – Full disclosure, I'm not sure I should say this, but sometimes, you know, practice is not going good. And you're, we've already been out there for an hour and a half, hour 45, two hours right over. And I'll look at Kellen and I'll say, uh, Kellen, uh, you take him. I just go play with the grandkids. <laughs> Kellen, Kellen, Let him I, deal with it. Yeah, you, you, you deal with it. Just today, I've caught about as far as I can with it. Uh, um, if I stay here five more minutes, I'm going to kick him out. Then we're going to have to get up at 6 o'clock. And I do not want to get up at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. So I'm going to go play with Maisie, Jade, and, Ky and Kylan Ned. And we're going to have a good time uh, this afternoon. Because they, they think Papa is – now, nobody else probably does, but Maisie and Kylan think Papa's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Coach, I, I want to I ask you this just because I've always been curious about this. I got to see firsthand how good your team was at Indiana. You have Eric Gordon, you have DJ White, and then role guys that are really good players too. You know, Jordan Crawford and Jamarcus Ellis. And yeah. Do you ever think back to that team and just think about what maybe could have happened just because of how good they were? Um. Who else was on that team? Uh, Armand Bassett. Ar Ar Armand, really good player. Crawford, right, Crawford. Yeah. I think when uh, yeah Jordan Crawford. I think when Armand transferred uh, to Ohio, the next year, the next year, I think he had thirty-two against Georgetown uh, in the NCAA yes, tournament. He did. Uh, Jordan um, um, uh, Tone Ellis was uh, jack of all trades. Um, yeah, uh, DJ. Uh, I just talked to DJ last week for like an he, hour. He's working an NBA team, right? Yeah. Did he just get hired? He, well, he calls me and said, Coach, I, I need you to make a call for me because he was applying for a job with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder uh, as a uh, scout uh, development assistant coach uh, type role. And I, I knew those guys over there. And we just started talking. He's got three beautiful daughters. Um, I could hear him. He was being daddy that day because I could hear his daughters in the background and uh, just just I, I love talking to DJ Eric love Eric and his mother he and his mother come to uh 
uh, a lot of games. Um, um, no, I don't. I don't think about that uh, as far as what it uh, could have been. But I, I do think about how much I enjoyed coaching those kids and, and what great kids they were for us. The thing I remember about that team was um, uh, how tough they were and how how well they played together. Uh, even though Eric was the best player, I just there was no jealousy on that team. Now, um, um, how far they could have gone, I don't know. I think the Final Four that year was uh, Memphis. It was loaded. It was like Memphis, North Carolina, and it was all the top teams. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if we were good as we as good as those teams, but we were we were as good or better as any any team we played that year. Well, DJ White may, might be nice to talk to, but it sure sucked guarding him. <laughs> so, yeah. but our center's gotten yeah. foul trouble. When I'm 190 yeah. pounds out there trying yeah. it. It was. I loved. Uh, I loved coaching uh, DJ White, but I think you have to give a lot of credit for for DJ to Mike Davis. Yep. You know he he doesn't come to Indiana without Mike, and mm -hmm. um, um, I remember talking to him when I got there. Uh, I always respected those guys' loyalty uh, uh, to Mike. And, uh, and that was something I wanted to build their trust like Mike had. Because it had, were not for Mike, I wouldn't have had those kids, uh, those kids there. So, um, um, you know, sometimes the guy you, the guy you replaced, uh, nobody wants to give that guy any credit. They only just want to, you know, tear him down or find something wrong with him or nitpick this or nitpick that. But I, I'll say that um, um, Mike Davis had a lot to do with our success that first year. Hey, Kelvin, probably the best atmosphere I've ever been in, and it's, it may be recency bias, but was this past year when uh, Chris Beard went back to Texas Tech. I I've never seen anything so hostile. The only other one that I can probably compare – might have been the one where Eric Gordon went to Champaign. I was there for that one. Oh, God. I mean, you remember that. That was insane. Security yeah. guards, everything. Yeah, yeah. That was um, – uh, I talked to Chris. Um, um, uh, you know, we, we, we usually scrimmage every year. And, um, you know, we, 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 talked about, we talked about that. And I love scrimmage in Texas uh, – Tech because I always felt like they made us better. And I think they they felt the same way. Um, and uh, Chris would always ask me to, you know, say a few words to his team, and I would say a few words to his. And then uh, when I saw that he left and went to Texas, you just kind of wanted to cringe because you knew what was coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but Texas, that was at least on a coach. Like, with yeah. Eric, I just thought it was so tough because it was a freshman. It was he's yeah. a kid. Yeah, his mother and father were just awesome. Yeah. Um, his mother and father was just awesome. I, I remember uh, the security, uh, but University of Illinois is a tough place to play anyway. Yes, they, they're always good. They always have a great coach. They always have a great program. Uh, those those fans there. It's one of the you know nobody. You always talk about you know Kansas's environment or or Duke's environment. Uh, the environment that gets kind of lost in this whole thing is Illinois. Illinois fans are unbelievable, man. And then not just that night. That night, that night we just threw, you know, we just squirted some ladder fluid on the old charcoals and then the flame <laughs> flew up uh, for the night. But there, you know, um, when, when Tom takes his Michigan State team in there, that's not exactly a picnic now. You know, oh, Robert, Robert remembers what it was like for Purdue to go to Champaign. That's, no, it's no uh, joke. That's a, yeah, it is no joke. That's an unbelievably good fan base. Well, listen, uh, we really appreciate you taking a few. Uh, your stories are, are priceless. I mean that. Like, <laughs> your storytelling has gotten better over the years. And it was always good. But it, most people, as you get older, you're going to forget. <laughs> Maybe you're just embellishing some of it. I don't know. But they're damn good. And, like and a fine wine. Exactly. There you go. There you go. The um, I thought the, the um, kind of the underrated discussion here was was me nitpicking uh, Hummel's golf game. So when we, <laughs> hey, <laughs> when I come down to do a Houston game this year, going, we're going out to play too. Uh, come on, man! You got it. You got. We got some unbelievable courses. Uh, yeah, Houston. Come down here and play. Come down here and play. 
I will. Listen, I will make you up on that. Really appreciate it. The, the preseason number one Houston Cougars. I know you're cringing, but you got to wear it. Wear it proudly. Well, I used to say that in 50 Cent won't get a cup, cup of coffee at McDonald's, but now it's like 250. <laughs> that's right that's right all right we'll see you soon thanks okay. coach thanks guys thanks, thanks you got it take care